We thank you, Lord, for these that have been baptized. They made that profession of faith, and I pray that you prepare the way that the King of glory would shed his light in their path as they go forward. Father, keep them by your Holy Spirit. Let them be one with you as Jesus and the Father were one. Father, bless them and keep them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. What a way to start out a service. Amen. What a way to start out a service. We're going to be continuing uh, speaking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, speaking about the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Trinity, and what that means to us, and, and how we can better know Him, and how He can better be a part of our life. Uh, I woke up this morning. If you're watching online or you have your phones, you can take your phones, and on your apps, you can download Church on the Rock Huntley, and uh, your, your insert and your message notes are in there if you'd like to do that so you can follow along and you can keep that with you. And if you're watching online, feel free to do that. Um, but in the notes, this morning when I woke up, I just felt like the Holy Spirit put another scripture in my mind. And it's found in John chapter 3. There was an amazing teacher named Nicodemus. How many has heard of Nicodemus? He, he, was a, he was a member of the Sanhedrin. He was a Pharisee. He was somebody that probably knew the Old Testament and knew the Bible pretty well. Well, he walked up to Jesus by night and he said, Rabbi, we can tell that you are a teacher because no one speaks with authority like you do. And, and, and the way that you are, we just know this. We know that you're sent from God. And then this Nicodemus said, Rabbi, teacher, what must I do to be born again? And Jesus answered unto him, and he said this. He says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And he said, you must be born of the water or the flesh, and you must be born again by the spirit. And, you know, Nicodemus, you know, we look at him and we're like, uh, I can't believe that he said that. But he said, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to get back in my mother's womb and be born again, again? And Jesus said, no. He said, that which is born again, first you're born of the water of the womb of the flesh. I mean, say I was born of my mother's womb of the flesh. I was born of water. When the water broke in your mother, that was born of the water, that was born of the flesh. We are all born of the flesh. And when you're born of the flesh, the Bible says, for as by one man's sin, sin entered into the world. And because of one man's sin, death passed upon all men and women because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we know that when we're born of a woman, that we're born through the water, there's something that we have taken on, and it's called a sinful nature, a sinful flesh. And that's why uh, Jesus being born of a virgin is so important. You may be like, what's the big deal of Mary being a virgin? It's because Mary was not conceived by the seed of Joseph. Mary was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And so what that did is, is it made Jesus as one that was born uh, uh, not as a flesh and blood to where that sinful nature was just passed down, passed down, passed down. But he was born of the Holy Spirit and he was born under the law. And what happened is Jesus came and fulfilled the law. He fulfilled all the righteous requirements of God so that now we've been born of the flesh, but now we need to be born of the Spirit. And so when you hear that term, 
born again. Born again. You need to be born again. That, and you need to ask, some might call it salvation. Some might call it asking Jesus into your heart. Whatever you call it, that is when you accept by faith the finished work of the cross. That he was born of a word virgin. That he was sinless. That he fulfilled all the righteous requires, uh, requirements of the Lord, of the law. Because there's two things that condemn us to death. One is we are born into sin. We're born into sin. And that's why the scripture says, you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So we're born into sin. We're born of a woman. We're born of the water. But we've got to be born of the Spirit. So there's two things that get us. One, we've got the big S, or the, the sin nature that was passed upon us through Adam. But then also we got this going against us. How many can keep the commandments in the Bible? We can't keep the commandments in the Bible. None of us can. So our sins also condemn us. Jesus came and fulfilled the Bible and he took care of that sinful nature because he came as a sinful, a sinless person and he died and became that atoning sacrifice or that lamb for us. So when we're accepting him, what we're doing is we're accepting a new nature. We're accepting forgiveness of sins, of the things that we need forgiven for that we can't take care of. And also, God's taking care of the big sin. You must be born of, you're born of the flesh. Everybody's born of the flesh. But guys, do you know this? Flesh and blood can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Nobody can go to heaven just born in the flesh. You have to be born of the spirit. For only things of the spirit can go to heaven. So when you're born again, when you're born again, here's the, uh, in Galatians 4, 6, it says this, because you are his sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, the spirit who cries out, Abba, Father. So when you're born again, the God of this universe, the creator of the heavens and the earth, what I want you to notice in the form of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit comes and comes inside of you and dwells with you. His Spirit literally comes into you. God comes into you. When it was prophesied that Jesus would be Emmanuel, God in, uh, with us, it was two ways. God was going to come and walk this earth in the flesh, but also after Jesus left, he said that a promise is going to come to you. And it's the promise of the outpouring of the Spirit. Because in the Old Testament, the Spirit would just come upon a certain few. But when Jesus was ascended, Jesus died. He was raised from the dead. He was seated at the right hand. When he was ascended, that's when the Holy Spirit came. Because at that point, the Holy Spirit didn't come upon all people. But now, God is not just with priests and kings and prophets. He's with all of us. You are a temple that the Spirit of God literally dwells in. You know, this scripture says this in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. It says, don't you realize, or I like to say, when you realize, don't you realize, when you realize, did you know that your body, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. So I, I just want us to know today 
that God's Spirit is literally with us. There's one other thing that comes to my mind. When, when we talk about, for by one man's sin, centered in, sin entered into the world and death passed upon all men for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Sometimes when I used to look at that, I'm like, way to go, Adam. Thanks a lot. That doesn't seem quite fair. Why does what somebody else did affect me? Anybody had those questions besides me? Sometimes those things come in my mind. I'm like, what's up with that? Why did it happen like that? Guys, just as, just as one man's sin brought sin into the world and that sin passed upon all of you, we don't really like that part. But can I say this? Just as one man's righteousness came into this world, just as one man's righteousness came into this world, so that when we are unrighteous, so that when we don't do things right, so that when we make wrong decisions and make mistakes and, and, and we are the one in control, in control of those things, we can now say, he who knew no sin took my sin and I've been made righteous by believing in Jesus Christ. So just as one man's sin brought sin into the world, one man's righteousness brought righteousness into the world. And that's exciting to me. Doesn't have anything to do with what I'm preaching about today, but it's just exciting to me today. So I want you to realize that the Holy Spirit, now we're stopping it, starting at the top of my notes, if you want to try to follow there. But I want to look at this word for a few minutes. The Holy Spirit in the Greek, again, remember the New Testament is written in Greek. The Holy Spirit is called parakletos, parakletos in the Greek. And that word is only five times in the New Testament. Sometimes it's interpreted comforter. Sometimes it's interpreted advocate. We're going to look at four of them because four of them are in John 14, 15, and 16, which were the last 24 hours of Jesus' life. He talked about this parakletos four times in the book of John in the last days of his life. The other one is in 1 John chapter 2, and that's where it talks about Jesus is an advocate for us. So it takes that word parakletos and it's used as advocate. So when, when we see, when we hear God describing the Holy Spirit, he says that he'll be a comforter, he'll be an advocate, and he'll be a helper. I want to use that third word, helper. The Holy Spirit is here to help you. Somebody say he's here to help me. He is with me. He's here to help me. The Bible says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. Everybody say parakletos. Parakletos. That's where it is. Who will say, who will stay with you forever. He, the spirit of truth, who reveals the truth. Look what the Holy Spirit does. He reveals the truth to you about God. The world can't receive him. Think about this. The world can't receive them, him because they cannot see him or they cannot know him. And you know, some of you were walking around in that days or that fog just like me. How many of you had your days where you couldn't see God? Anybody out there say amen. How many had your days where you weren't receptive or open to God or the spirit of God? That's what this means where it says the world cannot see God. The world cannot see him. And the world cannot know him. But you know him because he remains in you and is, everybody say, in you. He's in you. 
I really want you to have an awareness today. You're like, well, what's the big deal? He's in me. We know that, but I want us to try to start getting a constant awareness of that. How, how can you do that? Well, one thing you can do is you can walk up, wake up in the morning and say, tomorrow, wake up and say, I want to try to be more aware that the Holy Spirit is with me. Wake up tomorrow and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. You know, God the Father's on the throne. Jesus at the right hand of the Father. But the Holy Spirit is with us. Can you, imagine if, can you imagine if we were hanging out and we were in the same room? And can you imagine if, the, if Brian and Megan and, um, man, when I'm up here, I can't even think of names. Daughter, Brooke, Brooke. If we were hanging out, Brian, Megan, and Brooke. If we were just hanging out and, um, and say Joyce was hanging out with us. And we're all four talking, carrying on, having a good time. And Joyce is just just sitting there, and she's like, I'm here, right here, guys. Can, can I join your conversation? Hey, we're Brian and, and Megan, and what's your name again? Brooke. <laughs> I'm just kidding that time. We're going to go get some pizza. We're going to hang out. And uh, we're going we're gonna to maybe just go out and do some fishing and just hang out today. Um, can, can I go with you? Can, can I be? And we're, and we're like, yeah, you stay here. And we're kind of doing our thing. We're telling a story, and we don't look at you in the eye or even take notice that you're in the room. That, that's the best way I know to explain, I think, what we do the Holy Spirit. I just try to country boy it and try to think of something that'll help you remember. But can we, can we start trying to remember him? Can we start trying to realize he is with you? He's with you. He's with you. I'm telling you, he's with you. He's with you when you sit down. He's with you when you lay down at night. You know, something I try to do is I wake up. The Bible says I wake up and give him praise in the morning. And then I give him, I, I give him thankfulness. I thank him at night for his faithfulness. What, what can I do to me? And what can I do to you? To where we'll start having more of an awareness that God lives in us. Can we wake up and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. I praise you. Can we go to bed at night and say, can we go to bed at night and be like, um, Holy Spirit, why you're drifting off? But by the way, that's some of my best times with the Lord is when I'm drifting off at night and when I'm waking up in the morning. I wake up about 447 every morning for some reason. And I lay there for about an hour because that's some of my best time that I can hear the Lord's voice. Because my mind's not going yet, and, and, and I'm not, and, and I try not to completely wake up because I know I'm spirit, soul, and body. I try to keep my body asleep. I try to keep enough aware in the soul, soul, soulish realm, my thoughts and my intellect to where I can kind of remember what's being said to my spirit. You know, in the Bible, it says, um, his spirit, capital S, bears witness with my spirit, 
little s, that we are the sons of God. And that bears witness means talks to, in communication with, I mean direct line. So God's big S spirit is always connecting with your spirit and talking to you and telling you stuff. But, but can I say, how, what, what can we do, church? What, what can we do, friends? What can we do to be a little more aware of him? Can we get up and say, I praise you in the morning? Can we lay down at night and say, Holy Spirit, what would you think of the day today? What, what, what do you think of how I reacted in that business meeting? What do you think of that episode that happened between me and my sibling today? Was I in the right or was I in the wrong? How do you think this can work out, this relational dysfunction? Um, what's your thoughts about the job interview I had today? Does anybody have conversations like that with the Holy Spirit? If you don't, you're really missing an amazing ingredient, if I can just say. And, and, and you may think that he doesn't talk to you, but he does. He does talk to us. We just got to be able to develop an ear to listen what we think he's saying to us. And you know, sometimes in developing the ear, the way you do that is you hear something, and then you like... Um, step out what you heard and if it kind of backfires you just kind of say well that's how i heard it that wasn't the voice of the lord just kind of remember that and don't do that anymore but there's like a learning curve as you're learning to have this kind of relationship with the lord but i really wanted if we don't do anything else today i really wanted us to get cognizant that the holy spirit is with us and I want you to think about him in a room is he being ignored is he being recognized or do you just go on with your life and he's just kind of there wanting to be he wants to be involved in every part of our life you know that's what is makes us different than world religions that's what makes Christianity different because we are not a religion we're a relationship. We're, we're a relationship. And you know, one of the reasons that Jesus came in a physical body is so that he could know how you feel. He could know he, that, that, that he would just be, he would, he would, in the Greek it actually means when it says we have a high priest which has been touched with the very feelings of our infirmities, who in all of his ways, he was tempted, he was tested just like we are, but without sin. That literally means that Jesus was in our skin. But the reason we have a high priest that can sympathize with us, and that can give us grace, and that can kind of give us understanding, and kind of let us know that, hey, I know how you're feeling, I know where you're at, is because, guys, in every way he was tempted like we are, but without sin. And sometimes women are like, ah, Jesus doesn't know what I go through as a woman. He was a man. In some way, women, I can tell you that he knows everything that you go through just like he is. But he's a, a high priest that can sympathize with you. So when you're talking about the Holy Spirit is Jesus' spirit in you. 
In fact, Jesus even said, he said, right now, right now, um, like if you think about, we pull up a chair and listen to people teach us. Well, the disciples pulled up a rock. The disciples pulled up a rock and they sat down and Jesus would begin to teach them and talk to them and explain things to them. When somebody came up and they needed a healing and something really was wrong with their body, maybe something was growing on the side of their neck or they were blind or they couldn't see, they would run up to Jesus and his 12 disciples would do just like I would do. I'd be like, ooh, let me get back. Jesus, you take care of that one. And they'd kind of push Jesus forward and he would heal he would deliver. When the demon possessed would come, the disciples were like, Ooh, Jesus, you handle this one. And they'd kind of back off. And Jesus would do his thing, what he was sent to do. Think about that. Think about if somebody came up and had a question. You know, sometimes people have questions about the Bible. And I'm like, Ooh, do I got to answer this? I need to send somebody else that's maybe better theologian than I, I am or something or, or something like that. But my, my tendency would, if we were the disciples, the tendency would be to push Jesus up there. Let him answer the questions. Let him do the healings. Let him do, let him do the hard parts. And that's why it's so important when Jesus was leaving this earth that he said, I've been with you. When Jesus told the parables, when Jesus told the parables and, and, and was speaking things about the Bible, he said, the kingdom of God is like a man that went and sowed seeds. One sowed seed and it fell by the wayside and the other one sowed it on rocks and the other one sowed it where there were weeds and the other one sowed it in good ground and it brought forth... People would itch their head and be like, what's this guy talking about? You ever read the word and you're like, what's this even saying? They'd itch their head. And can you imagine being the disciples when, when the crowds were gone? That they could pull up a rock. Jesus would say, hey guys, pull up a rock. Today when I said this, this is what I meant. When I said this, this is what that meant. How many would enjoy that? That kind of a relationship. To be honest with you, I was, I was born again when I was 18. And I went to Bible college one year. And I was a senior pastor. Um, I was, actually, I saved just a little bit earlier. But I was a senior pastor at 19. Senior pastor. I didn't mean to be. It just happened. I was a welder in a rock quarry and just started going over and helping somebody with preaching. Next thing I knew, they voted me in as the pastor, and I've been in it ever since. Okay? Do you know what? A couple things happened there when I first started with the, with the Lord. Is One thing is I sat down in my office. I was full-time, and I was like, well, if I'm a pastor, a pastor ought to, know, ought to pray. And I remember um, going out to the sanctuary all excited. I was like, I'm going to pray because a pastor ought to pray. 
I prayed about five, ten minutes, and I was exhausted every prayer I knew. I didn't even know how to pray. Then to open up the Word and try to teach something. Back then, we had cassette tapes is all we had. I used to hear preachers preach, and I would take their cassette tapes and write it down word for word and stand up there and read it because I didn't know how to hear from the Lord. I didn't know how to read my Bible. Then I felt like God, I finally got to a point where I felt like he said um, that I was maybe starting to hear him a little bit. Get this, at a tender, probably 20-year-old at that time, I felt the Lord say to me, no more commentaries, no more, read, no more books, no more anything. And I was like, say what? No more. And he said, I want you to sit at my feet. I want you to sit at my feet and learn of me. And I do, I do look back at some of the stuff I preach, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? But it, it was a learning process. What are you saying? Jesus said, I'm with you right now. I'm with you. But I'm going to go, and I'm not going to be with you, but I'm coming back in another form, and I will be in you. I will be in you. In you. The Holy Spirit is in you. If I can just, even down in these notes somewhere, even, even down here, uh, if you guys want to pull up the scripture, I don't know if we even put them in. I, you know, I don't even think I did. Even down here where God will personally teach you. He's a teacher. Do, do you know, everybody, who knows the Apostle Paul? Anybody know the Apostle Paul? Listen to this. Paul said this. This is Galatians chapter 1, verse 12, NLT. He said this. What I'm writing to you and what I'm saying to you I did not receive it from any human being, nor did anyone teach it to me. It was Jesus Christ himself who revealed, everybody say revealed, who revealed it to me. Okay, that's verse 12. Then he gets down, he talks a little bit more, and then he gets down to Galatians chapter 1, verse 16, and he says this. And when he decided, in other words, when God decided to reveal his son, again, you see that reveal, to bring light, to show me, to take the, the, the blanket off of it, to reveal, to show us something that's hidden. When he decided to reveal his son in me so that I might preach the good news about him to the Gentiles, look at this. I did not go to anyone for advice. Think about that. Nor did I go to Jerusalem to see all the apostles before me. Instead, I went once to Arabia and then I returned to Damascus. Theologians think that was 14 years. That Paul like had 14 years that he was doing this. It was three years later that I went to Jerusalem to get some information from Peter. And I stayed with him only for two weeks. I didn't see any other of the apostles but James, the Lord's brother. And if you keep reading that, he's saying, hey, what I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's taught me. Now, 
Now I'm going to be honest with you about something. I didn't want to teach that today. I didn't want to show you that scripture. One, because some people have an arrogance about them that they don't think, they think they know everything. And they're the, they, they think they can pastor better than pastors. They think they have more revelation than revelation. They, they have an error. But that's not any of you guys, hopefully. But I'm sure it is if there's an arrogance about you. I didn't want to teach that because I didn't want people to say, ah, I don't need anybody to teach me. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to submit to anyone. I don't need that. I'm not talking to that kind of a person because that kind of person probably needs to be born again to begin with. Be dosed in humility a little bit and stuff like that. But I'm telling you, if you get a deep down body thirst, if you get a deep down hunger for God, if you get a deep down, I want to know scriptures, I'm hungry for the word. If you, if you, I'm, I'm 33 years later, guys, I'm telling you, when I pray the Lord's Prayer every day. When I get to give us this day, our daily bread, every day I say, God, man can't live by bread alone. I can't wait to, to see what you're going to reveal to me today. I'm the guy that wakes up every day and says, God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you today that you're going to give me wisdom and revelation. You're going to reveal things to me. You're going to reveal things to me that, that can't be taught in books, that spirit, that's big-ass spirit, is going to talk to my little-ass spirit, that, that God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, is going to give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Man, I think that my eyes and my understanding are going to be enlightened. And I'm going to read that word and know what it says. Man, I'm going to be that. I'm going to be that person that knows what my inheritance is as a saint. Do you know there's so many people out here that we don't even have the foggiest what our inheritance is as a saint. And we live as a doormat. We live beneath instead of above. We live under what God wants. We're settling for cistern water when we can be drinking heavenly water, living water. We're settling for that less. But man, when you get that hunger where you're like, show me my inheritance. Show me what's mine. Show me that land that's mine. Show me that marriage that's mine. Show me that business that's mine. Show him that addiction that I'm going to conquer. Show it to me. Show it to me. Show it to me. What's my inheritance? When you, that's, that's revelation. And that I might know the exceeding greatness of the power of God that works in you. Do you even know the power that's in you? Do you even know the giant that is asleep in so many church people? There is an exceeding. The Bible says in Ephesians 3.20, exceedingly, abundantly, above all. There is an exceeding and abundant above all that you even can ask or think of power that dwells in the authority of a believer. Whatever we forbid on earth can be forbidden in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth can be loosed in heaven. God has given the church the keys to the kingdom. I'm telling you, there's something in you. There's something in each of us. And here's the thing, it's not 
just for Brian. It's not for the priest only. It's not for the prophet only. It's not for the king only. But he said, I will baptize my sons and my daughters. You will all be baptized with the Holy Ghost. There's a tongue of fire over everyone's head this morning. There's a baptism of fire. There's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's for all. Your sons, Joel prophesied, your sons and your daughters shall dream dreams. Woo! Woo! The Holy Spirit just spoke to me and he said, my people forgotten the dream. Have your legs been broken? Have your dreams been shattered? Has your hopes been deferred? Because the word of God says that a hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. Is your heart sick because your hope has been deferred? Has your dream not happened yet? The Bible says write the vision and make it plain so that when you read it, you can run with it. Though it tarry, I want you to wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. It will surely come. It'll tackle you. It'll take you over. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your dream. My sons and my daughters will dream dreams. It's for everyone, Brian. It's for everyone. What I, if you think I have something with God, you can have the same thing. God is not a respecter of person. He is not, well, he's the pastor, so I'm going to give him more revelation. He's the pastor, so I'm going to give him more power. He's the pastor, so I'm going to give him more. We got a good old Missouri term for that, hogwash. Hogwash. It's for everybody. The Holy Spirit's the same for everyone. He can teach you. He can lead you. He can empower you. You can pull up a rock. Oh, I pull up lots of rocks with God. I don't understand this one as the worship team's coming. I don't understand this scripture. Don't ever say, oh, I can't understand scripture. I'm never going to understand scripture. Don't say that. You can learn scripture and know scripture. Just as Jesus said, pull up a rock, boys. Here's what I'm teaching. You can pull up a rock. Maybe God does need to say to some of you, no more books. No more podcasts. Everybody just smorgasbording Jesus and just kind of pulling in and getting fat. And not doing anything with it. Whatever happened to good old fashioned? Getting on our knees. The Bible says that the historian Josephus said they called James camel knees. They called the apostle James camel knees because his knees were so calloused by saying, God, what did you mean on your word? God, show me how to lead this baby church. God left, God left the work of Christ with 12 fishermen and tax collectors but these fishermen and their tax collectors had a humility that they had camel knees and they'd get on their knees and say God how is this organization 
How is this beginning? How is this new church, the Christian church that we now enjoy today, how is it going to start through me? Oh, God, let me know who I am as a saint. Let me know the power that works in me. Let me know the word, speak to me. Let me be a transformer of the world around me. Is anybody out here today? I'm telling you, you got to quit sending me away. This BGM, I've been gone last week doing a conference. All it's going to do is fire me up to come back like this. Because I'm fulfilling and I'm doing what God's calling me to do. But God's calling this church. If you're watching online, God's calling you. God's wanting to plant satellite churches all over this United States of America. He wants to stream this service, this service into Colorado, into Florida, into Missouri, into different places. God wants to establish church on the rocks all over this globe. Will you be the one watching online? Will you be the one that we have to get in the fifth wheel and go visit you because we looked online and about 30 people are listening to us every week and we don't even know who you are. That's why I'm going to Colorado in a few months. Because things are coming up. Will we be the end time church? We're going to be that end time church we let the Holy Spirit take over our life. Right now where you're at, just stand to your feet and say, fill me, Holy Spirit. Stand to your feet and say, fill me. If this, move, if this message has touched you today, if your hope has been deferred and you're discouraged, say, God of hope, fill me today. Come on, say it. God of hope. If you're hopeless in your marriage, if you're hopeless with one of your teenagers, if you're hopeless in a business situation, Your heart's been deferred. Right now, exercise faith and say, God of hope, breathe life in my dreams. If you were supposed to start a business, man, there's some business owner that God's wanting you to get out of the boat and start walking on the water. And even if you feel like you're starting to sink, God's hand, I'm prophetically saying, God's hand will reach down and pick you up and you're going to walk on the waves. You're going to walk on the waters. Young businessmen, young businesswomen, start that business. Start it. Daylight's burning. Right now, I pray that God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, would give a spirit of wisdom and revelation to people that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened now by the Holy Spirit. They would know what is the hope of their life or their calling. Come, Jesus, come. Right now, all over this building, step into the water. Lord, right now, I pray. When I was in the revival, this guy came up to me, 87 years old, last week. And he said, with a feeble voice, he said, Well, me and Paula, we've known Brian his whole life. We were in the Methodist church when he was water baptized as an infant, baby baptized. And he looked at me and he said, Brian, me and Paula have so much confidence in you. We got confidence in you like no other. We believe in you. And I looked at him and I started crying. And I said, Gary, it's so important 
that I hear you say that because what you're speaking into my life is the very thing that the enemy robs me of daily. He robs me of confidence. He makes me insecure. He paralyzes me where I can't do what God's called me to do because I'm afraid. But Gary's voice and Paula's, where the devil takes confidence and makes you insecure, this man's prophetic prophetic voice built me up. Why are you saying all that? Right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray that people that are scared, that don't have confidence, that are insecure, you know where God's want to take you, but you're not walking there because you're too afraid. Right now, I break that spirit of fear. I break that spirit of timidity. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7. Father, in Jesus' name, every head bowed and eyes closed all across this sanctuary. If you're watching online, if you're watching online, if you're here today and you said, I've been born of water from my mother's womb. I've got that flesh birth, but I need a spirit birth. Oh, the Holy Spirit's doing it right now. He's moving on somebody. I need to be born again. I need a spirit birth. Right now, boldly put your hand up. Boldly put your hand up. I knew it. I knew it today. I knew it today. Who Put that hand up bold, bolder, lift it higher. I see that hand. 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 Over on this side, lift that hand boldly. I see that hand. I'm born of the flesh, but I'm going to be born again of the Spirit of God. Anybody else want to be born again where God's Spirit right here, right now, is going to come into you and turn your upside down. You're going to walk out of here different when you came. Anybody else say, I want to lift my hand. Come on, I want to lift my hand and give my heart to Jesus today. Anybody else lift it up. Lift it up all over this place. Okay. At Church on the Rock, nobody prays alone. So I want everybody to pray together. Dear God, I come to you today. I've been born of the flesh of my mother's womb. But I want to be born of the Spirit. I need you to take original sin, Adam's sin. Take that. And Jesus, give me your righteousness. There you go. That's step one. Step two. Say, God, I break your law. I made so many mistakes. I have so many sins. It's crazy how many sins I have. I feel so bad about my past. Pray some of that. And then say, Jesus, you fulfilled the law for me. And I receive your grace. And I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. Thank you, Jesus. Now say, Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to supernaturally place your spirit in my heart. Now, you guys have just prayed that. I'm going to pray that happens right now. Holy Spirit, fill. 
Every person that raised their hand, let your spirit fill them right there. Let it be a tangible feeling. Let them know, man, I just got filled with God's spirit. I just got filled. I want you to recognize that. And now, you that raised your hand, say, I worship you, Father. Because you now have a new dad. Say, I worship you, Daddy. I thank you for letting me in your family. And then I want to end with this. You that raised your hand, say, God, Holy Spirit, with your power, I'm going to start living for you. Come into my heart. Thank you, Lord. Everybody give the Lord a hand clap today. If you're watching in your TV today, I don't care where you're at, if you're watching in your TV today, this congregation is spreading all over this earth. If you're watching on TV and you prayed that prayer, if you're in this service and you prayed that prayer, I want you to take your phones at some point today. Everybody raise your, your, your hands. At some point today, I want you to take your phone. I want you to downline, download Church on the Rock Huntley and I want you to go to the contact card, pull it up, write your name in, put a cell phone number, and then on the note say this, I gave my life to Jesus. Say it, I gave my life to Jesus. I want you to do that today. And there's supposed to be some out here, but I'm going to walk in grace. No, nope, I don't have to walk in grace. They're right here. Is there some over there? Put them out here where we can see them. If you want to and you got the courage today, you can come up at the end of the service and you can take one of these home for you. And what this does is this helps you get started. This helps you get started in your faith walk. And there's a Bible in there. It tells you where to read and all that good stuff. So I am so excited. I am so excited. When we was in that conference one night, I was preaching on forgiving people that have hurt you. And I started looking at, I, somehow, I, I didn't even have it on my notes and I never thought of it, but I started getting a revelation because I was telling them, man, you gotta pray for your enemies. You shouldn't want anything bad to happen to anyone. I was kind of talking in those lines. And all of a sudden, I saw a revelation of the end times and I saw God weeping everybody like the great white throne judgment God's going to take all them their sinners that have been against him that have done so much and he's going to throw them in a lake of fire bless God I saw God weeping he loves humanity and I heard the Lord say, some people say, why doesn't God come back? You know, if I had to do that and God's even more to me, who, he doesn't want to do the great white throne judgment. He came that we could live, not die. If I was God, I'd be putting that off too. Because I felt him weeping that he have to turn anybody away. Guys, listen, here's why I said that. There will be no rejoicing at the end times when people are sent to eternal 
damnation and punishment. There'll be no rejoicing. But there's a lot of rejoicing. The Bible says, when a sinner comes home, let there be some rejoicing in this church today. There's rejoicing in heaven because a lot of people came home today. Hallelujah. You know what? Pastor Braden, is Pastor Josh in here? Who's closing today, Braden? Sid? Hey, Pastor Braden, I gotta, I'm gonna be gone for three days at the beginning of the week. I'm wondering if we need to keep this baptismal open for next week. That maybe some of you that got born again today, we can dip you next week. If God's been, if, I'm, I'm kind of wondering. So if you prayed that prayer or you've prayed that prayer in the last six weeks, it's time for some baptism. Pastor Braden, kind of fill it out. If you want baptized, call the church in the next two or three days. And Braden, you can handle that, okay, bud? All right, Sid, come on up, sis. Oh, Carmen said to send her blessings to you and her love to you. The reason she's not with me today is her mother had knee surgery. And uh, so she's helping out with her mom in Branson, Missouri. Sid.